embryonic breathing is a lie. Embryonic breathing is a qigong, uh, I think it was referred to as a secret. <clears throat> the idea is that you breathe so deeply that you feel as if you've developed an embryo in the center of your body and the embryo grows and eventually you lead it to your head uh, using qigong energy. Qi, even. This is a lie. And it's a good lie. It's one of the best lies ever told. It's more like telling a story, if you will. The reason I'm um, expressing it in, I guess, slightly hyperbolic language, calling it a lie, is, be, is not just so that I get some clicks, but it's also because I need you to understand another lesson in what embryonic training in Qi, uh, embryonic breathing is in Qigong. Now, to an experienced meditator, someone who's um, dealt with their concentration in such a way where if they are to focus on one little area of the body, the musculature would contract so strong, it would cause like kind of, com it'd not be very pleasant. And that's if they were to put a little bit of their concentration into one muscle area. This is a thing. There are ways you can tell if a person is or isn't. Um, but it would be a very unpleasant experience. I'm doing it now just to make sure. And yeah, it feels like your entire, it feels like you're seizing up or something. If their concentration is around that high and you come to them and say, uh, here, you're missing the holy secret of embryonic breathing because you don't know who they are or something. You're going to cause them to have a horrible stomach ache because of how concentration, intention, you'll have to learn these distinctions in Qi, the Yi mind, the Shin mind, um, how they interact so differently but and warrant being called different things. Um, in if you look at, like, for instance, a hook from a trained fighter, there is an area where an uh, area that a hook or any punch or strike or even that time I kicked someone in the nuts. Um, there's an area where you see like the straight line angle that's going forward. If you're really paying attention, say you slow it down or something, that would be the intention. The decades of training or something that you see in either the knockout punch or something. And it takes a long time to build intention. Uh, the concentration that goes with it are the gong, the power. Also takes time. And we don't see much of that in um, modern athletes. Oh, that's a lie. We see it all the time when we see someone run their 40 or something. We see it in different ways. We just don't conceptualize these terms the way that it is conceptualized in the Qigong tradition, thus making Qigong seem extremely mystical to most people. You have to have the story of Qigong. But the funny thing is that the story of the embryo survived a lot better than the story of Qigong are its idea when it comes to the popular culture and is a lot easier to express as just being a lie. 
Because what you're doing is you're learning to take your concentration from the center, from your center of gravity in the lower part of your body, your lower center of gravity, and also consider the head as another center of gravity and the heart as another center of gravity, actually a little bit below the heart and towards the center, it'd be where they call it like the heart chakra. And eventually you accept, um, you know, you run into those just from using those three center of gravities and some minor center of gravities that hover across from them. Those of you who are like me and are nerds that enjoy the Hindu tradition can are kind of giggling a bit saying they do have to include those other two chakras they forgot and probably a few lower chakras. Uh, <laughs> but we do know that Qigong comes from cultural diffusion from India. So it makes sense that the stories would end up different when different monasteries were trying to express them or um, tell you what's going on with them. Well, for embryonic breathing... You learn to build the same concentration that someone who has went through certain types of monastic training or meditated for decades or so has. You uh, get that same concentration. But you build the concentration from your abdominal muscles. So it's prescribing a theory of a way to reach enlightenment, if you will. Or reach the full... Or reach the full potential use of your body and the opening of chakras while using your brain and body at their most efficient states. Uh, we'll settle on that as a definition for what would be called a kind of um, enlightenment or internal alchemy, a way of keeping yourself at your best for a longer period of time. To reach that, our control over your body is another way to look at it. You have to have a certain amount of attention or concentration that you can add to the body. So for this one, you bring it to your magical gate at the third eye after you basically went through what's called a year of sitting against the wall. Now, I'm truncating a bit of how uh, Dr. Ying Zhong Ming in his book um, on embryonic training uh, expresses how to get there. Um, he gives a very detailed uh, path that would be very helpful for someone. And I can pretty much wrap it without memory. He starts with having you do abdominal breathing, basic Buddhist breathing. Then you do... Um, you do the reverse abdominal breathing, which is a kind of you breathe in and then your stomach goes in breath. And from there, you go on to the embryonic breathing, where you uh, use all of your abs, your anal sphincter, and your hindu, I think he calls it, um, the center area, um, to pull up and make your diaphragm do the breathing, basically. As kind of, and it will eventually develop into the hissing kind of... And other slower hisses that make that make for what eventually becomes what they call hibernation breathing. I call it meditating, um, uh, or a yin meditation. 
But it is. It's enough. In just like in all of Ying Zhongming's books, there's enough there for someone who's diligently committed to the book to achieve the highest levels of the training, or at least be pushed to it, um, pushed towards it. Put his feelers out enough, his or her feelers out enough to get to the right spot. There's always the right. He he always does a good job of giving you the right cognitive guide. That's what I've always loved about his books. But in this one, we're going to talk about how it could go awry in some slightly funny ways. Let's say someone already has reached um, a certain form of concentration. And they go and buy the embryonic training book, but they have absolutely no spiritual knowledge no meditative knowledge, and are not the most curious person, but for some reason they uh, mysteriously decide to buy Ying Zhongming's book. And they grab it, they read, and they start meditating on their stomach, and their stomach's about to explode now. It's like all the... In my case, um, I can feel like all the... Uh, muscles around your private parts and everything else are starting to contract. You're trying to move and they've gotten like way too tight. <laughs> this embryonic breathing is the worst thing ever for him. <laughs> oh, fortunately, Dr. Ying Zhongming reads his letter and tells, and Ying Zhongming is the grandmaster, great instructor. He'll, he'll hear the problem and he'll be like, okay, concentrate a bit less. Focus your concentration into the circle and listen to the circle and learn to listen to your body a bit better. Never try and make it do though and watch and see if it just does. He'll say that. All of a sudden, guy's a superhero. You know, he, he's, and he starts catching on. We want the story to end best. But if anything, the book and the lie of embryonic training caused this guy's stomach pain. So he should be upset. He should say something to that there liar. Maybe even have aught with him. Maybe even have one of those comical beefs that I tend to have with someone over something that I made up in my head. See, there's two different approaches being hidden in the, the bit of discussion I'm talking about. I try to take the middle way in those approaches. The schools of thought here are one person looks at actualizing the body or reaching um, some form of enlightenment, that balanced state that I was talking about. Our flow is another way that is conceptualized in the United States. Reaching flow. On... One side, you have people that look and say, the best way to do it is to start with the body as a whole and work your way inward so that it can express the rest of the universe because that's the only way you experience the universe. You know, kind of think brain in the vat kind of philosophy experiments and stuff. In the end, we are kind of stuck with our epistemic faculties as a way to experience the world if you want to be a dick about it and explain it in your explanation of it or you're explaining it in a philosophy class and you have to be very exact 
So we take that part of consciousness. Now, another group thinks you've got to understand exactly what is meant by concentration. So you have to put it on the smallest little point that we can get you on. So you can see exactly how pregnant all the meaning is in a full concentration and a rapt attention of even this one part of the body. And being the center of being your center of gravity uh, in the embryonic training called the real Dantan Danten by uh, Ying Zhong Ming uh, as a store of energy, for instance. Uh, and then you learn through if at least if you're approaching this from a martial perspective, that you can use that same energy as your hits and kicks. If you're really going all out, you probably wouldn't do it like in a mixed martial arts fight or something. Depends on what level you're at. Sometimes you do it, sometimes you don't. But if used in martial techniques, that same emotional content uh, becomes very powerful too. It adds that extra bit to the um, see, when you throw a hit or a punch in martial arts or in uh, boxing or something, you're always trying to find like you have like this kind of feel to it where you're, it's kind of doing itself and you're throwing a baseball or something. You're putting one limb out, then it kind of chains in the right area. Then you want to know just when you put the right muscular torque in to finish it and say oh that's it that's perfect that's a perfect maneuver and you try and do that for like you know get that chain back and then recoil it at the same time or at least that's what it's like for me when i'm diagnosing and working through my punching or something so in there there's a lot of different areas you're concentrating on and there's multiple, and there's two ways to get there again. You can see the arm as the story that I just told you about what it's like to sling a punch. Or you could see the arm as a chain. You can come up with analogies for what you're trying to get done with the arm or something. The experience has just become a little bit different, basically. And then eventually what you're trying to do is make it where it's forgotten. You do it as, as a common sense. That part I don't think we have a Western correlate to. Um, we like uh, the expression of knowledge in what you know. And it's one of the reasons we take for granted that someone who is a master of a thing should be great at teaching that. When reality shows us that's not always how that goes. That's the confusing part, though. Everyone's always trying to reach the end of um, learning. When we talk about, like, you've reached this form of enlightenment, that form of enlightenment or something, instead of understanding that it doesn't quite end it always goes on there's always a slightly higher level if you will or something that needs to be worked on or you're dead your fertilizer 
Because if you've got nothing to work on on this planet, there's no reason for you to be here. I'm not saying that they're constantly connected. I'm just saying that there's always work to do, basically. So even if you concentrate in on just the embryo or your center, for instance, you find that concentration is actually enhanced once you open up and let in all the other breathing and things going on and you're not just trying to tune them out in a sense. And then you see interactions, you see how things approach and work. And it allows you to, in some cases, completely redesign the way you move, talk, walk, and everything else. So, it's a gateway. But I want you to remember the overarching lesson there, though. Because I know that a lot of things have been covered. The overarching lesson is that the story about how something comes into being... And why the person is saying it the way they say it is sometimes the biggest story towards finding a key to enlightenment. Finding a key to freeing yourself from this small personality that you've trapped yourself in. Just some thoughts. Let me know if, the, if uh, it helps. Talk to you soon. Bye.